We're finally within sight of opening night. As this podcast has rolled on, we've learned how Lyric Opera of Chicago decides in a particular production, how they go about the casting process, how the productions make music with the chorus and orchestra. We've also learned how the sets and costumes come together. Now actors are actually taking the stage for rehearsals, including Suzanne Kostowski with the chorus. It's pretty safe to say Suzanne has had a lifelong love of performing. It's actually really funny. I, um, when I was eight years old, I auditioned at the Met Opera um, for the children's chorus. So I started there when I was eight. <laughs> so I've been doing this. I just turned 37 this week. So I've literally been doing this for 29 years, <laughs> this opera thing. <laughs> I did Rusalka, which doesn't have a children's chorus. It was a supernumerary role. Um, but that was my first ever opera during the um, the witch scene where she transforms Rusalka. So my first singing was La Boheme, and I was eight. They do La Boheme every year, and it was just, you know, it was really fun. I'm Keith Conrad, and this is Bringing Up the Lights, a podcast where I'm giving you a look behind the curtain at the people involved in creating some of the biggest stage productions in the United States. This season, I'm following along with the Lyric Opera of Chicago as they prepare for their production of Verdi's opera Macbeth in September of 2021. Back in episode four, we learned about the important role the chorus plays in any production, but especially Macbeth. So what path does someone like Suzanne take to get to performing at an organization like Lyric Opera of Chicago? I'm from New York. Okay. Yeah, and I came out here. I went to Northwestern for grad school. Um, and I just stayed. I, I actually started working. I got my first contract with Lyric while I was still in grad school. So um, for Calf Pag to sing off stage, And so I didn't really know what I was going to do after grad school. But, you know, I was auditioning. I would audition for anything that I could audition for. It was just put every feeler out there, see what happens, see, you know, just be open to anything. Um, and this is the first contract I got. And I thought, oh, I could stay around here then. So I did. And then the rest is history. That was uh, 2008. I'm still here. So it was 13 years ago. How did Suzanne get hooked on opera at such a young age? I have just always loved it. I've loved the spectacle. It's so grand. The music, like I, even as a kid, I felt like the music just like touched. It sounds so cheesy, but it just touched my soul. And like, I can't live without opera. You know, even if we're not performing, you have to listen to it or, you know, it just has to be part of my life in some capacity at all times. And so I, I don't know. It was, it's very funny because I don't think very many eight-year-olds can tell you that they want to do opera you know, in some form. And who knows, you know, some kid, you know, not everyone who sings in a children's chorus is going to grow up to sing in an adult chorus, you know, but I did. And I just, I always wanted to sing. And I started taking lessons when I was 12, just voice lessons. And it just sort of snowballed. So it's kind of like being in Little League and ending up being in the majors. Yeah. Yeah. It, it happens, but it's it's pretty rare. With some luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was the COVID experience like for Suzanne? 
I kept thinking like, okay, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be sort of down for the count for a while. And then they canceled the season. And I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is not going away. We're going to, we're going to be here for a minute. And then it just kind of got worse and it got scary. It got scary and it stayed that way for a lot longer than anyone would have expected. When Suzanne and I talked at the end of August 2021, just three weeks before opening night, it seemed like the world had backslid just a bit. Suzanne and I were both wearing masks for the interview after a couple of months of mostly being back to normal. Now it's time to come back together for rehearsals, though. There are however many of us, you know, Macbeth is a huge show. There's I don't, I don't know how many people there is, but, you know, there's at least at least 60, 65 people. And like, I've been here long enough that aside from the people that are new this year, I know everyone in that chorus really well. And we've all been, we've been around for a lot of life events because it's a very tight, intimate group. And I'm fortunate enough that I, I mean, I think I get along with everyone. So I've been there for, I've been there for baby showers. I've been there for wedding showers. I've been to weddings. I've been, you know, deaths. Like we've all experienced a lot of life together. So it's a very, you know, it's a family and I miss those people so much and they've been like such a huge part of my life. And then to go into this room and make music that, I mean, especially Macbeth, it's like earth shattering, like loud, emotional, like rock your world opera. And just to make that, there's just something you don't get that doing anything else on the planet. Like it's just such a unique experience to put, you know, okay, let's just say 65 voices in a room of trained opera singers who this is their passion. And these are people that have been starved of opera for 18 months. It's, I mean, last night when we, uh, we had our first like tutti staging for, uh, the death of Duncan. And it was like, I think everybody in that room cried at some point. It was just, it was so emotional. Cause it was like, Oh my gosh, we're doing this. Everybody is giving, not even a hundred percent. Everyone's giving 200%. Everybody is here and they're so happy to be here. And, and you know, the mood is just, yeah, I think we're a little cautious and it's like, let's, let's just hope nobody gets sick and we don't get shut down and we make it to opening night. But everybody is so grateful to be there. And there's like sort of this like renewal of everybody's excitement to do, you know, we're not, it's not okay. It's August. We're back, back to work. Everyone's off break. It's like, no, 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 I'm hungry for this. Like my soul yearns to make this music. So that's beautiful. And, you know, and that's just in the rehearsal room. Wait till we get on stage. Wait till we're in costume and wait until we have an audience. Like I can't even, we, I did, I did get this great opportunity to do Hansel and Gretel over the summer. So I got, you know, it was a smaller scale, but it was like, oh my gosh, there's people listening to me sing and I'm, I'm adding something to their day. I'm giving them something they can't get somewhere else. And live theater is back and it is just truly magical. Chorus director Michael Black talked about the important role the chorus plays in moving the story forward. How does Suzanne view her role on the stage? We're storytellers. Um, you know, a lot of the times in opera, we were the townspeople or we're the peasants or we're fancy people at a ball wearing these beautiful costumes and we contribute to telling the story. Um, you know, there's like a Greek chorus aspect to something, you know, that we do sometimes too, but the really cool part about Macbeth that I think is so unique that, um, Maestro said in our rehearsal there too, is we aren't just telling the story. We're actually a vital part. And the women are, it's Macbeth is great because, uh, it's a woman heavy chorus. Typically opera has, 
a men's heavy chorus and men, you know, they get to be soldiers and they have their own little scene or whatever. But um, Macbeth, the witches are like the big, the big thing in that opera. So we have um, several scenes that are just ours. And so we're not telling the story. We are the story. We like the women are literally these prophecies that are happening. We're like, we're making it happen and we're driving the story and we are a vital part to the storytelling. So I think that that's, it's just really special to get to do that and have that be the first thing that we're doing too. It's like, you know, you're, you're, the witches are a character that like Macbeth wouldn't be Macbeth without the witches. It would, it would be a different story. So that's cool. In this podcast, we've learned about every step in the production process, from picking a production all the way through designing sets and costumes. For many aspects of the production, it's a years-long process. Actors, including the chorus, aren't actually there for a lot of those early steps. So what is the process like for chorus members? Well, I've done the opera before. Um, It was 11 years ago. (laughs) Um, So for me, it's luckily it's not having to learn from scratch. But the process is basically we start music rehearsals and, you know, we spend a lot of time on, of course, notes and rhythms, but diction and sort of interpreting the scene, all the nuances and making it really musical, the musicality of it. So you start with music rehearsals. Now we're into staging right now. So we're actually staging the show and doing a lot of choreography and blocking. Um, so luckily for me, you know, there's a couple spots. I, 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 I like to be overly prepared. So I take my scores home every night and I look at them um, with whatever free time I do have with two small kids at home. Um, but I, for me, it's like, I want to really make sure that I'm, I've translated my stuff. I know what's going on and I have everything remembered correctly and that I'm prepared. Um, and we're in, we're in kind of the fun part now where we get to play. We know the music. Now we get to play. Now we get to do like the fun stuff and bring it to life. Where do things stand just a handful of days before opening night? So the director will say, you guys stand over there. You guys stand over there on this musical cue, do this. And then you go over here and it's basically the move. It's the movement. Um, there's a choreographer. There's a lot of choreography, um, for the witch stuff. So it's very, it's very staged. It's very organized. It's very, um, like it's all together. It's, it's like unison things. And then the other scenes with the men in it, you know, we're more, I don't want to say townspeople, but we're just like general population. And so then, you know, like last night we staged Duncan's death. So it's like, come in here and then Banquo and Macduff tell you the terrible news that Duncan's been murdered. You react this way on the, you know, it it involves the musical cues, what you do on each musical cue. You know, are you going to stand down and pray now because you're so upset? And then they, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, certain things happen in every scene and you, um, you react in a certain way and, you get to, you know, the cool part too is that we always get to sort of decide what we individually would do in that situation. So yes, there's direction and there's specific things we need to do, but we also get to make choices on an individual level. Like, okay, if I was here, what would I do? So you get to do that too. And 
emote by singing also. So it still has to be done before they finally bring up the lights. So today we have a music rehearsal with um, Maestro. And so we're just going to probably, I, I assume we'll, you know, make our way through the opera and he'll give us some notes. Um, and then we will have, I believe we'll have a Zitz probe, which is where you sit on stage and you just sing with the orchestra. There's no movement. You just sing. And it's just to kind of coordinate with the orchestra. So we'll have that at some point. Um, we're going to continue to block the show and stage the show. So we have probably, I mean, I, I'm kind of going day to day on our schedule, but, you know, there's probably at least eight or so rehearsals to actually stage the entire show because we, we are not done with that yet. The next step after that is we get into our PRT, which is a piano run through, which means we're in costume um, and we're going to walk through the whole show with piano and orchestra. Hence the piano run-through title. <laughs> Makes sense. So we do that. Um, it's usually it's usually a long day because there's always some wardrobe malfunction or something didn't work and it's harder. You know, women are in skirts and so we've been doing something a certain way in our street clothes and then you put us in these big skirts and it's like, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, got to get through here. You know, we have little doors to get through and everything. So um, it's working out the kinks there. And then we have what's called the stage orchestra, which is we're on stage, on set with the orchestra. The principal artists are in costume. We are not. We're in our street clothes. And you just kind of walk the scenes. And normally, and I haven't looked at the schedule, but normally it's like one rehearsal will be like act one. The next rehearsal will be act two, the next one, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll do that. And then we get our final dress. And then we'll see you open at night. Has the process for Macbeth been any different from other performances because of the pandemic? Everything is about the same. The big change is that we're singing in masks, which is very difficult. Um, I would 100% rather sing in a mask than not sing at all. But it's definitely hard. I feel like I suck in air and <laughs> I'm like sucking in my mask when I take big breaths. And so that's definitely challenging. But other than that, the process, to my knowledge, has remained the same. After surviving the COVID pandemic and 18 months away from the stage, what is Suzanne most looking forward to on opening night? Just getting to sing an opera, like start to finish, be there from, you know, the moment that the orchestra starts playing to when we take a bow and just the lights on you and the orchestra and the audience and the costume, like just, it's going to be a complete experience. It's going to, you know, it's, you kind of get like little bits and pieces in the rehearsal process because you get... Um, you know, if you're rehearsing with the orchestra, but you're not in costume, you don't have, you know, that. So it's, it'll be fun to just do the whole thing and just finally have on the main stage a production. It's going to be really great. What does Suzanne hope people will take away from the performance of the chorus in Macbeth? Look for what we're doing to tell the story. Um, again, as vital parts, vital characters in the show um just look for us giving everything and um moving the story along and singing our hearts out it's you know it's going to be again not sure of exact numbers but like 65 70 people that are just screaming their guts out at certain points and just giving you absolutely everything that we have that we haven't been able to for 18 months Oh, <laughs>
now we've gone through the whole production process from beginning to end, and we finally reached opening night. In episode 10, we'll hear from world-renowned soprano and suburban Chicago native Sandra Radvanowski about what it's like to take the stage in a production like Macbeth after such a long time off. I'm very fortunate that I, I did get to sing, but most of the things I did over in Europe were recorded, so there was no audience. And the first time that I actually heard applause again was after I had done a lot of these recorded things. And you, you really pause and you go, wait, what, 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 what's that noise? But it makes a huge difference as a performer to, to hear the appreciation from the audience. It's very fulfilling and makes you realize that you either did a good job or not a great job. But I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to this is now my role debut. It wasn't supposed to be my role debut. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about about the lady and and delving deep into the character because she really is a is a a jump into unknown waters for me in a way, because I normally play more the, you know, Leonora and Trovatore and Tosca. And this, this woman is completely different. So I'm just looking, looking forward to seeing how it all turns out, but mostly just seeing people, seeing people in the theater with the orchestra in the pit with a conductor you know, no, no social distancing because the only audiences I've had have been socially distanced still. So hearing a full house of applause, yeah, there's nothing like it. Bringing Up the Lights is an original series from Sound Concept Media. It's written and narrated by me, Keith Conrad, with original music from John Benedek, along with the Lyric Opera of Chicago's 2010 production of Macbeth. Along the way, I had help from the entire team at Lyric Opera of Chicago and Elizabeth Newkirk with the Silverman Group. 